You are listening to Divorce Happy Hour with Christina Previtt and John Knocklinger. Oh, sorry. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm already taken over. I have a tendency to do that sometimes. Anyway, John Knocklinger. <laughs> so she doesn't really want me here. No, I do. I'm going to push you out of the camera, John. So this is our first episode that we are officially recording in our office, in our makeshift podcast studio. We used to do this at WCTC, and we're just changing. And right? now we don't. Yeah, now we don't. So we expect to be able to produce a lot more of these. They've been very popular, and a lot of people say that they enjoy listening to them, and they get some good tidbits. So we're going to continue to do that. We're also recording a video as well, so you can find us on YouTube. Some people prefer to watch rather than just listen on a podcast. So that's what we're doing, and today's topic is going to be not to let your spouse take over your divorce. And what do we mean by that? Um, what we mean by that is that oftentimes when people have been married, especially if they've been married for a really long time, there's whatever dynamic developed during the marriage, if there was one person that was more dominant and made more of the decisions, which I think is typical, they tend to allow that dynamic to continue. So I'm just gonna generalize. A lot of times we see a situation where the wife let the husband handle all of the finances. And when they start going through a divorce, they kind of still let the, the husband make the decisions. So if the husband decides that, you know, we're going to split up the bank accounts now, the wife will just sort of let them do that, even if that's not really appropriate. And it doesn't, it's not always the wife. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's the husband that let the wife handle all the finances. But we wanted to bring this topic up because we have a number of cases right now where this is happening. And it's very frustrating for us. I'm going to let you talk now, Joan. <laughs> No, I think you're right. <laughs> it's it's this whole concept of people come in and they're like, well, you know, my husband doesn't really want that. And you have to remind them you're not on the same team anymore. You're like, he's not looking out for you. And so if, you know, if he was the one controlling everything during the marriage, guess what? You're now in control of your own life. He's not in control anymore. I'm just using, the, you know, those stereotypes because that's what happens more frequently than the other way around. And they, you know, people seem to get caught up on they want the divorce, but they're still allowing their spouse to continue the same role they had during the marriage, which is understandable, right? Because um, why wouldn't you? That's what you've been living under for 15, 20 years. And it's hard to change. I mean, change is hard, hard for everybody. And uh, that's definitely a huge problem. And, you know, a corollary of this that we'll talk about in a few minutes um, is whenever you're divorced and now you have a new spouse, you know, a lot of times people will let the new spouse take over and dictate what happens after your divorce. Like you have kids or whatnot, and you know, the new spouse is saying, you know, you should go back to court and ask for custody and, and that sort of thing. Um, that's another problem. And it, the whole concept is not allowing somebody else to basically dictate what's gonna happen. Well, I agree with all of that, but I think it's um, a little difficult for people to change. If if you have this cer a, a certain type of personality where you've allowed yourself to kind of be more passive and let your partner make more of the decisions, and you know some people like that. Some some people want that. They don't want 
to be burdened with making decisions. And that's just the dynamic that they have. So they continue that. They find that in a new relationship. And I think it's going to be really hard for someone to change that if that's their personality. What I would say about that, though, is you, you don't have to change your personality, but be smart about how you conduct your next relationship or or even your divorce. If you prefer to be a little more passive and you're not very assertive, at least make sure that you know how the finances are being handled. So I'll give an example. If it's your new relationship, make sure that all the bank statements and credit card statements and whatnot come to the house. Just have an agreement that you know where those documents are stored, that if you want to look at those at any given time, you can. You have access to those. I would say make sure you have the password information for the, all the bank accounts so that if you ever need to get into them, you can. And I think that if you practice doing that, it might seem a little foreign to you in the beginning, but if you practice doing that, it won't be so foreign to you anymore. And I would say that you would probably begin to feel empowered like you're not in a passive role. Just because you're not the one doing everything doesn't mean that you have to be passive. You can be part of the decision making. You can be part of um, you know, what goes on in your house and knowledgeable about what goes on in your house. So I think that's really the, the distinction for me is just having the knowledge that I know where the bank accounts are. I know how much we spend. I know how much my spouse makes. You know, I didn't just sign the tax returns and not look at them. Because well, that's another time. one we hear a lot. Do people still sign tax returns? Well, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I mean, everyone does it electronically now, which I think is kind of dangerous because it allows you just uh, your spouse well, to file them without you knowing. But you, you know that they're being filed. But you still have to sign when your accountant does it. You still have yeah, to if your sign accountant does the it, form. Yeah. You still have to sign authorization letting them file the tax return. So... Look, you know, the, I think these things have been going on for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. and, and when you're in love and you're in a happy marriage, it kind of makes sense, right, sometimes to have one person doing all of that. The problem really happens when maybe the relationship is breaking down. Yeah. And if that's not you or you don't think that that's something that would ever happen to you, well, you probably wouldn't be listening to this, but um, <laughs> if you are, we might have a voyeur that wants yeah, to pay attention. Yeah, just curious. Maybe they have a, a friend or relative who's going through this. I would say that what if your spouse dies? What will you do then? So even in that situation, you need to know where the bank accounts are, You know how our finances are handled, what bills am I going to have to pay, how do I pay them, where's the checkbook, right? So that it makes a stressful time not more stressful. And we've actually had Lauren Versick, an attorney who does estate planning, talk about this very subject. So find that podcast and listen to it. <laughs> um, but really, I think the takeaway from this show is that if you're going through a divorce, regardless of you know what point you're at, if you're at the very beginning or in the middle or the end, just empower yourself with information. And I think a lot of people have a hard time standing up to the other spouse. You know, they yeah. feel like, oh, I can't, he'll get mad. You know, I can't do that. He'll get upset. 
you know what? Let them get upset. That's what I have to say. You take responsibility. I mean, this happened over time. It didn't happen overnight. It happened over yeah. time. You allowed somebody else to control all of this. And quite frankly, if you bring it up and say, I, would, I want access to the bank accounts, and your spouse says no, maybe that's, a, that's something you should think about, whether or not that's the right person for you to be married to. Because that probably means they're doing something. Either they want the control and they don't want you to know what's going on, or they're doing things that they don't want you to know about. I mean, that's always what I would consider is if they don't want me to have access to the bank account, what are they doing? What exactly are they doing that they don't want me to see? Well, yeah, and, and maybe they're not doing anything wrong, but like you said, maybe they just need to have complete and total control. And why is that? You know, that's obviously a dynamic that I would be uncomfortable with. But make their spouse totally dependent on them. Yeah. Um, I think you just have to think about what's what would happen to me if my spouse died or if or if we got a divorce or, you know, when we get a divorce, what kind of situation and am I am I going to be in? Will I be in a precarious situation without information and knowledge if I allow this situation to continue? I think it's really difficult for someone who's in that situation to suddenly start asserting themselves. So what I would say to you if you're like that, you can have your attorney do it. You know, let your attorney be the bad guy. Let your attorney be the one that asserts your rights for you if you don't feel comfortable doing that yourself. Because at the end of the day, you really just need the information. You need the knowledge. You need to see where the money is going. Because like John said, you're not playing on the same team anymore. And I think that's really difficult for people to understand in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I think you need to think of it like this. If you go into an attorney's office and they ask you a question, you know, what, what assets do you have? What bank accounts do you have? What retirement accounts do you have? If you can't answer that question, you don't know enough about your life. I mean, it's very simple. It, most I talk to people all the time. I talked to someone yesterday who had no idea how many bank accounts they had. I said, well, do you have a joint account? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. We have an account that my husband puts his paycheck in. I was like, okay. Do you have any retirement accounts? I don't know. This is someone been married for 23 years, and she knew nothing. And that didn't happen overnight. For 23 years, either she decided, I don't want to be involved with this because it's not just somebody saying, I don't want my spouse to know what's happening. Sometimes people like to stick their head in the ground and they just don't want to know what's going on. It's easier for somebody else to handle it, handle the stress of money, because money's stressful. Yeah. And they just don't want to they just don't want to be involved at all. Or maybe they were raised by parents who did the finances like this, where mom, you know, raised the kids and made dinner and cleaned the house and didn't do anything and dad sat in at the computer and played with the money and you know, yeah. went to work and stuff. And that's not how things are anymore. But, you know, a large percentage of marriages end in divorce. We all know that. No one goes into a marriage expecting to get divorced. Nobody does. And so you have to understand that if something happens and you need to get divorced or if your spouse dies, I mean, I think that's probably the better reason you should be doing this. Um, and you don't know basic information like where your bank accounts are. What are you going to do? What's going to happen to you? You've got kids, your spouse dies, you don't even know where the money is. How's that going to – think about how that's going to impact your life. You're not going to be able to find money to pay for bills because you don't know where the bank accounts are. And you'd be surprised at how many people don't know that information. I mean, it's astounding to me how many people don't know where their bank accounts are. I mean, I can understand not knowing the balances. That's different. But, like, 
where is your bank account at? Is it at Wells Fargo? Is it at Bank of America? Is it at Chase? Where is it? Yeah. I don't know. I think we've got something at Bank of New York. Well, that hasn't existed in 15 years. Are you sure about that? Because I had that conversation the other day, too. Um, and look, you know, this isn't to shame anybody because no. a lot of times I get women that come in and they're really embarrassed to admit that they don't know where the money is. And it's not to make anybody feel bad. If that's the way you conducted your marriage, then then it is what it is. That's how you did things. It's not to criticize. But we're here to help people feel empowered and to look out for their best interests. So that's why we're delivering this message to you is that if you are in that situation, it's, you know, the, it, you are in a precarious situation. So try your best to change that. And it'll take a little practice, but you can do it. It just requires a shift in your thinking. And then, you know, making it your business to find out more about your finances. So when somebody comes to us, that's what we do. That's what we talk to them about. We encourage them to start snooping around the house, finding mm -hmm. out where where's all the paperwork. I mean, a lot of people do things paperless now, but a lot of people still get documents that come to the house. Start snooping around. You know, or do you have file cabinets in the house? A lot of people just have boxes in the garage or in the attic. Um, if your spouse has an office, snoop around. You can do that. You have every right to have access to those materials. If you use an accountant, that's your accountant too. You have every right to call the accountant and ask for the tax documents and whatever other mm -hmm. materials the accountant may have. If you have a financial advisor, whatever it is, you have the right to, to have access to those materials if they're in joint names. So that's what we tell people to do to start out. And when the divorce starts, there is a process called discovery, which is, in general terms, it's an exchange of documents and information. And if you don't have access to everything, you will be able to have access through discovery. So we will get those things at some point, but it's better if you have them, because sometimes they have a tendency to disappear when there's a divorce on the horizon. Oh, yeah. So, and the reason we tell you this is because it makes things easier for us. It will make things easier for you to plan what your life is going to be after the divorce. So I, I know that's a, a time in someone's life when they may be in a panic over what is my life going to look like? Where am I going to live? How much money am I going to have? How am I going to support myself? And having these materials can actually make you feel a little more comfortable with things because it's not just this void out there somewhere that you know nothing about. You have the information, and you can work together with us to come up with a plan. Um, so for that reason, I would tell you to empower yourself with the information. Yeah, I mean, and if you get divorced, you're it's going to be difficult to find things that are hidden. So if you're not really paying attention to what's going on in your financial life, it's going to be very difficult for any attorney of any skill to find money that has been hidden. Because it's not that hard to hide money. If you really want to, you'll hide money. Like open up a bank account. You know, people could get cash and open up a bank account at a bank that's very off the beaten path, maybe not in the United States, deposit the money and you we're never going to find it. So, I mean, if you know a little bit more about what's going on, I mean, obviously, if you're a W-2 employee and your spouse is a W-2 employee, um, there's limited things that someone could do. 
because ho- hopefully all the money's going in. But if your spouse especially has a cash-based business or gets a lot of cash, that's even more important that you know what's going on. You know, don't, don't like put your head in the dirt. Figure out what's going sand. on. Sand. 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 <laughs> dirt, sand. You said ground and dirt. Ground. <laughs> well, um, I get, just, I'm just teasing. Well, there is sand on the ground, so that would work. <laughs> I mean, don't put your head in the water. <laughs> yeah, don't do that either. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's all about making sure you understand what's going on and making sure you understand you're in charge of your life. No one else is. Um, we, we talk a lot about personal responsibility. I'm seeing it more and more around here that people just don't want to take personal responsibility for their own actions. And this is part of that. You know, don't don't feel don't make it seem like anyone else should feel sorry for you that your spouse is controlling all the finances. They're controlling all the finances because in part you've allowed it to happen. Um, exactly. And so just take some ownership of it. And if your spouse is like their reaction is absolutely not, you can't have any of this. Well, I would suggest maybe you should con- you should take a long look at your relationship and see whether or not that sort of mentality is infecting other parts of your life. You know, how you raise the kids, where you go on vacations, where you go out to eat. And does your spouse control everything and you're just sitting there allowing it to happen? Is that okay with you? I mean, if that's okay with you, I guess that's fine. But I suspect most people aren't okay with that, and they're just scared of what happens next. Yeah, I think I think the difficulty is learning how to assert yourself. It's not something that you're going to just learn how to do overnight. It takes practice, and you do it in small steps. You do it in small ways, and you just learn over time how to do that. And once it becomes second nature to you, it's not even something that you have to think about. So start with baby steps. Um, you know, and depending on what, how your life is conducted right now, that sort of determine how you move forward. Um, but again, not to shame anybody because, you know, it does make sense sometimes to have one person handling the finances, but if you're finding yourself in a divorce situation, it's, you're, you're just not on the same team anymore. So you may have felt previously like we're a team and, if I let my spouse make the decisions, it's because he or she is doing it on behalf of the whole family. But when somebody else has already decided that we're getting a divorce, especially if the other person decided that you're getting a divorce, you may not even realize that they're not making decisions anymore for both of us. They are really making decisions that benefit themselves and you're going to get left behind. Yeah, and they're, so. they're going to assume probably that you don't know what they're doing anyway. Yeah, they will. And, you know, I think a telltale sign uh, when I see this a lot is if you start talking about divorce and your spouse is like, oh, let's not get attorneys involved. Or sometimes they don't even want to go to mediation at all. Why can't we just do this ourselves? Why do we need lawyers? I think if someone says that to you, it doesn't necessarily mean automatically they're not looking out for you. And, the, and that they're trying to take advantage of you, but it is a little bit of a red flag because knowledge is power and you need to be knowledgeable. So if that means that you have to have a consultation with an attorney, at least so that you know what your rights are and what you're entitled to before you have a conversation with your spouse, then that's what you should do. It doesn't mean that you have to get a lawyer and have a whole legal team and you know start spending tens of thousands of dollars. No, it's not in anyone's best interest to do that. But you need information. 
And if you don't already have that information, then you should consult with an attorney to get it. So if, you're, if your spouse is saying, oh, don't do that, you don't need to talk to a lawyer, they're trying to keep you ignorant. Particularly if they've had control over everything during yes. the marriage. Even more, if that's going on, then the red flag should be yeah. blinking uh, and huge. Absolutely. And, you know, you can go talk to an attorney and not tell them. So if you can't assert yourself, like I said, it's not going to happen overnight, that practice. Go see an attorney. Your spouse doesn't have to know that you did. You know, go pay them cash if, if it's a consultation so they don't see the transaction. Just get information so that you can make intelligent decisions about how you're going to settle your case. I agree. And when you go meet with an attorney, try to find somebody that's not just like you. I mean, I would try to find an attorney. Like passive? That, yeah, like really passive that is going to let, you know, this behavior continue during the divorce. You need somebody who especially if you don't feel comfortable standing up to your spouse and asking these kinds of questions and for this information, you need go get an attorney that will for you. I mean, that's that's what attorneys are for. We're we're here to help. We're here to help end a marriage. We're not here to cause a fight or cause anything else. We're here to help end a marriage and make sure that it's a fair division of all the money that you have that you accrued while you were married. That's what our point is. So, um, go go find an attorney that will make sure that you get a fair resolution um, by by actually you know getting the information that you've been uncomfortable to ask your spouse for. Um, I still think it's a better option for you to do it while you're married and while you're happy just because you should know for the reason that we talked about before. If your spouse dies, you need to know where all the stuff is. Um, you know, in fact, my spouse the other day, he was like, well, uh, I need all your passwords because if something happens to you, what, what am I going to do? Because his mother died and he realized, you I know what? I thought you did all this already. No, we, we're, we're very slow. But, you know, it's it's like if <laughs> <laughs> Shame on you. Well, no, he knows where all the bank accounts are, but he doesn't know, like, all the passwords. So finally we realized that on every account we both need to be on the account or at least a POD so that, you know, if something happens to one of us, we're not going to have to go through all the – the misery that he went through when he didn't know much about his mother's finances. And that's, so, I mean, that's, that's, uh, you know, you need to know a little bit about your money. I mean, we don't go into the, the standpoint of you need to know about if you're the executor of someone's will, you need to know their assets too. I always love when someone dies and you're like, okay, the estate's out there. I'm not quite sure where it is. It's just sort of out there. Because it's like people don't want to talk about money. I don't well, know what it's the like, deal is. It's sort of like how, why people don't do their wills, too. It's like they think they can't die until the will's Live done. Live forever. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. Like, I don't want to deal with that. Or maybe it's what weird. it is is they just think they're never going to die. Or I'm well, not going to die right away. I, I have plenty of time. I have plenty of time. <laughs> I have plenty of time. And then, you know, something happens suddenly. And then, you know, and then the people you're leaving behind are, you know, in a bad spot. So, I mean... You should do it in case of a divorce, but you should really do it for those reasons. I think those are even more important, particularly if you have kids. I mean, if you have kids, I cannot understand how you, your spouse doesn't know where all the money is. Because you, all you're going to do is your kids are going to be punished if something happens it's, to you. It's going to add more stress and conflict and and just problems to an already bad situation. And actually, Lauren Bursick says that all the time, that it's the best gift that doing your will and your estate planning is the best gift that you could give to your family so that everything's taken care of when, not if, when you die. 
and you know they have less problems that they have to deal with. But anyway, I think we've made our point. We're we going have? to try to keep our podcast short and sweet and to the point, and I think we've addressed that adequately today. So if you find yourself in this situation and you need some more advice or guidance from us, please feel free to reach us. You can find us at centraljerseyfamilylaw.com, or you can call us at 732-529-6937. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.